technology shapes and influences every aspect of our lives today, and we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future. Coming up... Take a step back and say, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to just build the next generation of what we had? Or are we looking at what could this technology unlock? How could this technology really start to, to change the, the relationship we have with our consumers? The relationship that we have with our with our enterprises and a lot of the, the really successful business models are around providing long-term value in, in that relationship rather than just pure connectivity right you're listening to the future rhythmic podcast with michael hainsworth a nokia original series I've described 5G as transformational for society. We'll be getting access to our content faster. Devices from autonomous vehicles to security systems will be communicating at latencies that will appear instantaneous. But it's not just the consumer that's going to witness a massive change in the way we communicate. Companies will soon be able to slice the network into their own little world, one without national borders, with services and features unique to them. But the industry has legacy baggage it needs to shed, from the way they're structured, to the way they communicate with enterprises and consumers. I turn to Nokia Software's Head of Portfolio Strategy, Simon Osborne, for insight into what it's going to take to make 5G transformational for the telecom industry. It could be transformational, right? I mean, I think the technology has the potential to challenge how and we think and we use communications, society, industries. The challenge for the for the telcos and the CSPs is is to harness it, right? And and I think that the clue is in the name a little bit, in as much as is it 5G? Is it the fifth time we've tried this, or actually is it this? Uh, uh, a new way of doing this. Could this actually be the first generation of true digital services and actually using this as a, as a tipping point or compelling event to, to think differently? And, and if, if we do that, I think there are some exciting times ahead. I think the technology could unlock um, a series of, of innovation uh, paths that we're, we're yet to, to see, we're yet to benefit from. And uh, so I think it, it truly is exciting. And, and one of my jobs is to make sure that we don't just settle for it being the fifth generation of what we've been doing for many, many years, but actually this is a, uh, a first generation of true digital networks. As someone who came from the television industry, I was terribly disappointed when we got high-definition television that we didn't take that technology further. There were opportunities to do things like two-way, where we could have analytics, not unlike the kind of streaming video analytics that we get in this modern age. What are we seeing as far as 5G behind the scenes that really is, is unique to the fifth generation versus fourth? Because we really have an opportunity here to rebuild the architecture from the ground up we do and and i think if you if you look at the the generations that we've been through and we look at telcos as a, as a sort of um uh an organization that have, that has been built to 
they build a network and they try and make money. And, and in most cases, they believe that the innovation is is from within. They they believe it's their infrastructure, it's their processes, it's their services. And, and actually, a lot of them, in terms of comp competition, are sort of interlocked with fairly small sort of step changes. Um, I think if we're going to see the, the true benefits of, of what 5G could bring, and, and as you say, try and take it a little bit further and beyond the boundaries that that we've seen, we, we have to allow outside innovation. They, they, they truly need to understand how 5G could be a really catalyst for a more collaborative way of working with both their partners, with their customers, be it consumers or residential, and, and really try and harness this ability to to innovate from, from wherever, right? And, and, and good ideas come from sometimes surprising um, sources. And, and what we need to look at with, with 5G and the infrastructure of the network is, is how do you open it? How do you open those processes that were traditionally um, locked off, back off this, buried inside these organizations? How do you expose them? How do you create and take some friction out of that process to, to really evolve and create new services? And then I think we'll start to see stuff that, that, is, that is truly quite uh, quite exciting. And, and as you say, um, look at some of the examples of, of other industries where they've suddenly realized they have to collaborate with others to truly make a step change and move forward. So so that that might be an area that we need to, to look at. And, and, and that's exciting because it changes a lot of the boundaries, uh, changes a lot of uh, what the touch points are, changes a lot of what the business interface is. Um, and, and we should start to see some some quite cool stuff there. It's interesting, though, that you point out that CSPs and their customers largely need to be more collaborative in fifth-generation wireless. And it strikes me that that has less to do with the technology and more to do with the institutional nature of any given organization. Not only is the technology changing, but we have to change the way we work. No, you're right. And, and I think if you look at, um, at any introduction of new technology over... Uh, years and years, all the way back to, to the Industrial Revolution. There's a tendency to um, adapt or, frankly, connect new technology to old processes. It's human nature, right? So you use it as a way of evaluating whether or not this actually is cool, this is really a step change, is this technology going to give you some of the, the things that you wanted? And, and you do that by normalizing it against what you know. And, and those processes can be internal, they can be business processes, operational processes, they can be, frankly, just expectations and, 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 and norms, right? And so that, that blind spot that we have can often hold back the, the innovation of the technology. And it's only years later that often people connect the dots and say, hey, look, I can, I can move this, I can redo this, I can change the processes, I can change the assumptions. I don't need to design and build and pay for my network up front. I can do that on demand. That starts to create a different mindset. And some of that's organizational, some of that's processes, some of that's tools, um, some of that is, is willingness to try. And uh, it, it can be scary, right? Um, I, I just hope as an industry that that 5G is, is seen as that, that true sort of catalyst to say, let's, let's try and explore some of those, those new models. And uh, I think there's some evidence to suggest that, 
the industry is willing, willing to listen, willing to have a go, willing to look at alternative approaches. And if you if you look at the telco processes we've got, most of them were conceived 30, 40 years ago, right? So the idea that these, these processes are gonna remain relevant and perfect and optimal for the next 40, 50 years is, is, is probably not correct. You've put a very uh, fine point on that, that we're trying to build out a fifth generation wireless technology with um, essentially providing CSPs a, a toolbox filled with tools. We're not teaching them how to build a house. We're teaching them how to use these tools, and it'll be remarkable to see what they build. It'll be remarkable to see um, what they conceive as being what the priorities, right, and, and how they choose to measure the progress they're making. I mean, if you, if you look at telcos, I mean, it's not surprising that you ask them what keeps them awake at night, and, and often it's the same topics, right? It's, it's relevance, it's agility, it's, it's costs, it's efficiency, it's, it's, it's automation, it's, it's all those topics, right? And, and that's remained pretty static, and, and technology has come and gone, and and actually, what they need to look at is is whether or not these these technologies can can change some of those 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 mindsets and those equations. And and I think there is a possibility if they take a step back and say, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to just build the next generation of what we had, or are we looking at what could this technology unlock? How could this technology really start to, to change the the relationship we have with our consumers? The relationship that we have with our with our enterprises, and a lot of the the really successful business models are around providing long term value in in that relationship rather than just pure connectivity, right? So if they if they start to look at five G as a could it be a foundation for long-term value? Could it be a foundation for longer-term relationship sort of economy ideas? Um, that will change the tools. That will change the mindset. That will change the, the, the goals that they have and whether or not they're delivering on it. Right? You mentioned, though, that this will be changing relationships with consumers, but also enterprises. And it strikes me that... Um, the consumer-centric 5G is the speed at which we can get a, a bit from point A to point B. Super high-speed streaming, you know, the, the, the typical conversation about uh, how a high-definition movie takes four and a half minutes to download under 4G and on 5G be 1.2 seconds. But I'm thinking more about the enterprise side of the equation because 5G promises a remarkable amount of innovation when it comes to the Internet of Things because of its low latency applications. But that's kind of a Pandora's box we're opening along the way. Hey, you're right. I mean, it's interesting that you've, you've used a sort of residential sort of or consumer, I guess, um, model of we just want to do something faster. Right. It's, it's kind of like Henry Ford, if he had asked his customers what they wanted, they just asked for a faster horse. No, absolutely. And and, and ironically, um, I'm assuming with, without <laughs> without deliberately doing so, I think you've, you've, you've touched on a real core issue, which is actually the, the consumer is downloading a movie probably from a from another supplier from another uh, subscription frankly and and they're using that phone just uh, enhance their experience that they're actually having with somebody else right uh, be it any one of the, the number of video streaming services that are out there and and if the CSPs if that's their role in this value chain if that's their role in this this broader econ economy is just to make the connectivity faster then I, I suspect it's not going to end well. Right, you don't want to be the dumb pipe. No, no, and and, and you need you need to be a little bit smarter than that. And we've talked about this for for a long time about 
two-sided business models and Telco 2.0 and smart pipe and all those sorts of things. But the irony of it is that is with, with 5G, the number of sort of building blocks or the, the sort of the value um, building blocks that a Telco has, uh, particularly around network slicing, become far greater than simply how fast, right? They they enable them to tweak, as you suggested, aspects of, of latency. They're able to tweak aspects of, of mobility. They're able to tweak aspects of collaboration. There's even a possibility that they can start to mix and blur the boundaries of of what is a physical service, what is a virtualized service, what is a provided by a telco, and what is perhaps even a, a, a third-party application within that, that service chain. Um, you only have to look at the rise of, of gaming and things like that. The, the appetite for lower and lower latency is, is probably a unmined opportunity for innovation for the telcos beyond just simply how fast, right? And therefore, I think with, with, with enterprises and, and latency, what they're wanting to do is, is frankly, collaborate with the telco. They're looking to create their own business models with support from the, the telcos, with the support from the infrastructure, with technologies like edge, edge compute. How do we sort of create this seamless handoff between the, the actual uh, events close to, to the network in, 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 in the sort of business or consumer um, paradigm? and also their own cloud infrastructure. How do we blur those boundaries? And, and I think there are opportunities for monetization that the telcos um, don't see today because they're, they're just providing connectivity. There's an entry point to a network and there's an exit from the network. And, and if 5G just makes that faster, yeah, you know what? They, they might get some, uh, some airtime. Uh, they might get some publicity. But I don't think it's going to change the, the model for them. Well, then what role will network slicing play in providing value added by CSPs to their enterprise customers? So I think for me, network slicing is, um, is a metaphor for, for extreme personalization, right? So I, I think it's an example of where you're not just choosing a path through the network, you're actually choosing potentially on a, on a very low granular level, I down to individual applications, down to individual endpoints, down to individual industries. You can personalize every aspect of that communications chain in terms of what's processed within it, um, the characteristics of that chain, whether it's on demand, whether it's always there. Um, I think those, those levels of personalization are, are really quite interesting. You only have to look at the automotive industry. You only have to look at the gaming industry. All the over-the-top guys, all the enterprise guys tend to be global. A lot of the telcos tend to be national. So I think network slicing could be a really cool tool uh, for creating, taking some of the friction out of those boundaries, taking some of the friction out of those borders giving a, a higher degree of, of personalization. And it could be, right? And I, 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 I say this with a, with a bit of an asterisk at the bottom of the page, right? I mean, I, I, it could be the foundation of how do you take those eight, nine, ten different characteristics of a network slice, opening up the ability to insert uh, third-party uh, microservices or applications at the edge within those chains, I suspect there will be a lot of innovation around that. I suspect 
people will see that this is now a end-to-end -end pipe, an end-to-end -end connectivity, an end-to-end -end service, an end-to-end -end, uh, role that doesn't exist today. And, and frankly, whenever there's something that's new brought to the table and you, as a, as a goal, as an ambition, as a, a target, you open that up to as many people as possible to sort of become a, uh, I, I guess, a, a, a trap for innovation or, or a, a catalyst for innovation. You will find some some really cool ideas come to the market. Help me understand then some of those issues as you point out about the the nationalization of of these networks and how they need to be interoperable for for example the autonomous vehicle industry for monitoring those vehicles as they hit level four and level five autonomy to, to taking control of them you're going to probably have a single point or a single client who'd be responsible for that all around the world edge computing you know we, we talk about streaming video games and the major players are coming out with, you know, systems where all I need is the controller. I don't need the box because the box is in the cloud, but we happen to be all around the world. How are, are these large multinational corporations going to be able to leverage 5G in a manner that no matter where their customer is, it's seamless right around the world? Well, there's, well, there's many questions in that. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I think part of it comes back to our, our very first sort of thread, which is the, the role of the CSP in this, right? Do they see this as a collaborative or, or do they see this as something that, that they own? If they accept um, that actually their role is to enable and empower um, others and they open up their network more as a platform, a communications platform, and they frankly expose what is their, one of their strongest advantages, which is the infrastructure, the proximity of the infrastructure to the source events, the mobility, the towers, the edge, all those things. If they're able to open that, then I think that the, the large organizations, they, they need a way of interacting in a standard way, right? They need a way of, of not having Telco A, Telco B, Telco C, having 20 different ways of doing the same things, right? That that will only be a roadblock to innovation. It, it won't be a, uh, a way of, of, of opening it up. So I think we need to start to look at um, standard ways of doing things. And, and luckily, I guess, is that with 5G, with SDN and FE, there is starting to see, uh, I guess, uh, conforming to common ideas, conforming to similar approaches, conforming to standard orchestration technologies. There is starting to be a blurring of what is a network workload and a IT workload. Those, those concepts are starting coming together. We're starting to see DevOps tool chains starting to be normalized across communications networks and IT networks. So those large organizations will see telcos and, and the enterprises will see the telcos as, as being just part of their toolbox, right? How do they build their services and how do they then leverage that across the across the various infrastructures? Um, there, there are some challenges though, because I think you still see from regulatory and, and license agreements that often telcos are bounded by certain geographies. Um, and you might start to see um, some of the telcos that are able to sort of blur those boundaries and start dealing with a sort of global consumers, global subscribers, global connections, um, probably thriving more than sort of one-off telcos. Uh, but I think there needs to be this, this idea that 
Um, the infrastructure is, is being opened. That opening needs to be standardized. That opening needs to be consistent. That opening needs to conform to, to common IT practices. Then there's a chance, right? Then there's a chance we'll start to see some of this collaboration taking place. Um, I suspect a lot of the enterprises also, um, they don't want to have one-off relationships with every telco on the planet, and neither does necessarily the telco want to have one-off relationships with every enterprise. There maybe needs to be some, some shift um, in the industry where these organizations and these partnerships can sort of come together. Right? And um, I think if you look at some of the best practices we're seeing from other um, PaaS platforms and SaaS platforms that are out there that are bringing marketplaces together, that are bringing um, uh, tool chains together, are bringing innovation sort of parties together, they're, they're the ones that are sort of showing the way. And, and maybe the telcos need to, to sort of take a little bit of a leaf out of that book. And, and how do they work together to provide a common way of doing things for, for the good of the all? So again, that sounds like as much as there are technical issues that need to be overcome, there are corporate cultural issues that need to be addressed as part of this as well. No, I, I think it comes back to the point I made before. It's they, they need to leverage not just this inside-out mentality that they own it all, and they all sit in a room and try and find out what's the next killer app. Um, and they move to this sort of outside-in um, model where they're able to exploit and capitalize on innovation from anywhere. And, and actually, they have the agility and the insight and the analytics and the tool chains that are able to exploit for their advantage the things that are working. So they're not wasting their time on, on innovating things that, that don't succeed. They're, they're using their time, their infrastructure, their expertise to, to capitalize on the ideas that are working. Um, and, and, and that's a different mindset. And, and maybe the telco starts to shift into this role where they're they're providing a, a platform for others. And, and it's not so much that they just become um, the owners of the, of the infrastructure, they become the, the innovator journey, right? They become the, the, the way that, um, that people can exploit it. And, and it's an interesting thing because it, it, it changes a lot of the, the OSS and BSS paradigms. It changes a lot of the, what is the customer, what is the customer journey? What is the, the, the business intent? What is the operations paradigm that they're trying to achieve? Um, all those things become challenged. Um, and some will see this as, as an opportunity and say, you know what, this is what we need to do to, to survive, to be relevant, to win. Um, others will say, yeah, you know what, let's, let's, let's wait for others to, uh, to innovate first and we'll follow. And, and that tends to be the pattern that's been rolling for many, many years now. We also have to address the fact that these CSPs already have these legacy technologies that are not going to be thrown out. So I can imagine we add a layer of complexity to the entire conversation when we recognize that all of this has to be interoperable with existing technologies. Yeah, so this is this is um, this is a classic case of opportunity slash challenge, right? right? So <laughs> I think you, you you've hit on on an interesting idea. There's probably no way telcos, as we see them today, will be able to leverage this new uh, dynamic infrastructure capability that that five G could bring whilst also managing all the legacy, all the existing processes. It, it can't be seen as just 
another layer of complexity. It can't be seen as just being another supersetting of the problem space, right? Um, they, they've really got to take a step back and say, actually, if, if we really want to succeed in this space, we're going to have to simplify. We're going to have to take complexity out. And that is hard because you could argue that that A, it's impossible and, and, and life's too short, why should I even try? Or you could argue that actually the, the newer technologies are still unproven. They're not bringing in the money. We still need to, to, to milk the, the cash care, right? We're still going to make these processes where we've still got to keep the infrastructure alive from the past because that's where we make our money. But that can't continue forever. That has to be a cutoff. And and I think you'll, particularly around 5G, you'll start to see that where the telcos are starting to invest in new ideas, new thinking, new approaches, is probably in areas that they've been least successful in in the past. And so that's why I think network slicing and, and enterprise and, and the industrial side of how do they work in this, this new collaborative marketplace Maybe that's the area that they'll try, and and maybe there's there's a there's a case to be had here, which is that for many many years the telcos have tried to take um, consumer mass market sort of models and then make them work for for B two B and make them work for enterprise, and and, and they don't because it's trying to make a one size fits all model into a very bespoke personalised market is 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 difficult. So if, if perhaps there's an opportunity to do it the other way around, right? So if they can really unlock their infrastructure, open up those tools, have automation at a mass scale that can sort of drive this very fluid infrastructure, this very dynamic network, really harnessing the ability to, to make decisions on demand rather than upfront, and no longer do lots of pre-provisioning, but do it all within the business event. If they can do that and get it to work, Maybe that becomes the model for the, for the next generation of, of residential and next generation of, of um, sort of the, the mass market consumer type models. Um, and maybe that then gives them an opportunity to uh, ring fence some of those old legacy processes and, and over time they, they start to sort of wither and die. Um, because I think simply maintaining it all forever and ever and ever is, is unsustainable. See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas. All by visiting futurhythmic.com. The Future Rhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia original series.